Welcome back to another episode of the Faithful Fanatics Podcast. I'm Dylan Davis, along with my guy Snap here in the Yellow Jacket Studios, and we are flyered up on I'm, a Thursday night. I'm, I'm proud to admit that I've watched like my first Flyers game in like the last three, four years. Honestly. Hell yeah. I can't, I can't remember the last time I sat down and watched a Flyers game like that. And You're it was awesome. It was awesome. I, I'm fully on board. I was, I was, even though I was optimistic going into this game last night, especially being like, they were heavy. I'm jumping on the bandwagon now. I'm, I'm jumping on the, but yeah, they were heavy dogs. And like, I just felt like, I, watch. I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna sit down and watch the Flyers tonight. And they're just gonna break my heart yeah. on the road or something. And they did the complete opposite. They handled the caps like they're a cha- hot. They handled the caps like a championship yep. caliber team. Well, they look like a cup. They're going for the cup. They're a cup contender. Well, they had the best odds to win the cup right now. They should. They, they they're do. the hottest team in the NHL, dude. They Look do. at them. Well, me, you, and Billy talked a lot about them last week. Um, but even like they continued. We talked about their hot streak that they were on. They've continued it now, where they beat the Rangers and the Rangers in a home and home series last Friday night and Sunday afternoon. And then it comes to the road. You have a couple days off, and they continue their hot streak last night in Washington, beating the first place Capitals. Five to two to make it seven straight wins, and they're going for eight tonight at home against the Carolina Hurricanes, where Carter Hart Dumb. gets the start, Dumb. where he's 18 two and two at home with a one six seven goals against average. So, and they're the Hurricanes start- <laughs> are starting their backup, who's only started like two or three games this year. So this is looking like they're, eight it's straight. Gonna be a slaughter. And if the Flyers pick this game up and continue their hot streak, and the Capitals lose on the road in New York against the Rangers. The Flyers, Which is, who's a hot team, even though we beat them, they're and a they're, very and, hot team. And the Capitals are not starting Holtby tonight. If that happens, the Flyers take over sole possession of the Metropolitan Division by one point. It's crazy to think we're here. It is after all these years of just back and forth five hundredness. Like I am, I've never been so excited about hockey in my life. Honest, honest to God, I I couldn't tell you last. You know what I, I love like about this. this team the most is the moment isn't getting too big. They're so young. But the moment's not getting too big. They're for living them. it up, and it's like nothing faces them. And like at the last couple of games, the, the home and home against against the Rangers, the home and home against uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and now on the road against the first place Capitals, who you're chasing for first place. They've won all five of those games. They've scored over four goals in all those games. Actually, in their win streak of seven, they scored four plus goals in every single game with great goaltending. And like last night, for instance, the Capitals come out. That place was loud last Very night. Loud. The Capitals score one nothing going into the second. I'm like, all right, let's see how they respond. Uh, and they yeah. just never looked back. The Flyers stopped. They went down one nothing into the first intermission, and they dominated the rest, the next two, the next forty minutes. It was crazy. Complete and, and, domination. And even when they went up three one, and the Caps came back, the to Caps make it scored through. in the final they two make minutes. It, yeah, they, they score like, in the uh-oh. final two minutes going into the third. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, like. This could be a momentum changer. Yeah. You're going to come in real no. hot in the third. Dude, they came into the third. And we took it right back to them. And they handled it like, they, like I said, like this team just it's looks. It's the coach, man. It's crazy how good they play together. Like every time they're on the, the whole time watching it, I'm just like, this, isn't this a, because like I said, I haven't watched a lot of hockey. So I'm expecting the Cavs to put like on a fight. And dude, they were just. Speaking of fights, they Tom Wilson and the, and the Caps tried to get, tried to get us off our game. Early, the young kids. early. Tom Wilson got in two fights. They tried to make out physical, out play more physical than us. And he's just AV has his team playing where they're not going to be sloppy. They're You're not, not going to shake them. Yeah, no, like they're, they're tough. They're a tough team, man. And he, you know what? I questioned, and I and I'm I'm done questioning them. We can question the other coaches. I'm done questioning AV right now because when he announced uh, the other day that that Brian Elliott was going to be starting and then Hart was going to start tonight against Carolina. You understood it because Hart's been a lot better at home, but it was like, man, this is a chance because the kid has struggled. He did win in nah, New you, York. I, like he's, yeah, he did, but nah. Let him hold that New York that New York win for a little bit. Like, like no, you, I feel you, but I, I, think, just, I think they expect, the, moment, I honestly, I I think they expect the Cavs to be better than they were. Yeah. Well, I thought, because at first I'm like, all right, this this is a great challenge for him. It's going to be playoff atmosphere, which it was. And he starts to fetch Brian Elliott, who's been very good on the road, and it just worked. Like we keep, we're sitting here talking about like you need one guy in the playoffs. I, I'm not certain he's going to do that. You might see him use a two man rotation in the playoffs, but dude, for for what it is right now, let's just live in the moment and enjoy the seven game win streak, and hopefully enjoy taking over first place in the Metro. But there's some numbers that are going into the seven game win streak. I got I got a great number to start this off though. 
Flyers, well, it's more than the seven-game win streak. The, this is why the Flyers are hot. The Philadelphia Flyers are 11-30 and and have outscored teams 56-33 to since justice prevailed and Gritty was cleared of all charges by the <laughs> yeah, authorities. I saw, I saw that, that was a great tweet. I right saw Dmitry Filipovich, I don't yeah. even know how to say it. But that's a great, solid tweet. Because well, it's actually go. like statistically so true. So since January 8th, the Flyers are 17-5-1 to go into their 39-20-7 record with a league-high 87 goals and are tied for the most points in the league over that since January 8th with the Bruins with 35 points. They have not lost back-to-back games since January 8th. Mind you, we're in March now. We're almost two months from that point. Um, and now over their seven-game win streak, they're outscoring opponents 32-15. to Like I said before, they have four-plus goals in all seven games with a power play goal in six of the seven games. And here's a stat for you because we will be getting to the Sixers later in the show. Carter Hart hasn't been great on the road this year, and the Flyers weren't either. They have won six out of their last eight road games, plus being dominant at home. That is that is scary. If they they figure that out, if if that's what's going on, and they're figuring out how to win on the road just as consistently as at home, this team this team is going to make a cup run. Yeah, because that's what you need. I'm fully on board. Last week, me, you asked me and Billy. You need to be able to. You need to be able to stand with the noise of a crowd. And I didn't want to get too ahead of myself, so I put I put an Eastern Conference Finals appearance as my answer. I'm fully convinced that this team's ready to make a cup run. At first, I'm like, they're still young. Maybe this isn't the year. Maybe next year. But they're going to make noise in the playoffs this year. No, I'm there. This The home and home against the Rangers, who the Rangers were hot going into that series. Very hot. Very. What were they on? Like a seven-game yeah, win streak? something like that. And um, you, beat, you sweep that series, and then you go into Washington and just take the fight to them. And absolutely dominate them for two out of the three periods, and ne- and not and not fold under the pressure of the first goal. Um, here's something else for you: they took a season series versus the Caps of a record of three zero and one, so three wins, zero regulation losses, and one. I it was either a shootout or overtime loss where they still stole a point from them, and they held Alex Ovechkin to zero points, not a goal. Not an assist in the four games they played Washington this year. That's absolutely insane. Now, you could say, well, if they meet in the playoffs, does that keep up? Does he get hot? I don't know, but that is damn impressive. That's the best player on their team, and you're, you're one of the best players. Playoff, like a true veteran on the ice, and you're shutting them down, making yeah. them un, 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 completely non existent. Oh, he was getting frustrated last ice. night, too. But, dude, it's not just the Caps. They are playing so well against the top teams in the league. They're fit against the Metro. They're 15-4-4 four four this year with a plus-22 goal differential against their Metropolitan Division, being the Capitals, the Penguins, the Rangers, the Islanders, all them. 15-4-4. Like, like you guys were saying last week, like, I'm supposed, like this was the game I'm like coming in as, a, uh, like I said, uh, not a ton of eyes on uh, the Jump ice. on the wagon, dude. Not jump a ton on of, the I orange am, wagon. I'm jumping on it. But th- I haven't had a ton of eyes on the ice. But, dude, uh, last night I'm fully expecting the Caps to, like, like I said, win. Like they're supposed to win. Like the like that was the whole narrative. The Flyers ain't great on the road, but now it's just like what I watched last night. I'm like, if this is how they play all the time, they're gonna win. They're gonna win. They're gonna win the cup. And no one scares me. The only team and right now, I believe, I don't think we've lost. I know we played Boston one more time. I don't think we've lost to Boston yet. Um, the only team. Did we play them at home? The Boston game. I. Don't I know. hope to God it is. I'll buy tickets for that. I think it is. I can check for you real quick. But another number for you, Snap, because I know you love this number. The, since our last episode now, yeah, it's home against Boston. Tuesday, oh. March 10th. So it's coming up. It's in five days. <laughs> I might have to go to that. Yeah. Because they are. What's that in five days? What's five days from now? Like Tuesday? Yeah. Tuesday, right? Yeah. They have three home games coming up versus Carolina, who's a playoff contender, um, versus Buffalo. Yeah. And then versus Boston, who's ahead of them. Then they're at Tampa Bay, which is the which I was about to say is the only team that gives me a little bit of worry because we never play that great against Tampa Bay. And then they have three more hood games versus Edmonton, uh, Minnesota, and the Blues, which is going to be a tough. The Blues game is sounds like it could be real, that's going to be real a good fun. game to go to. Real yeah. fun game. I but, would totally go to that one too. So they are now nineteen. 19- O and one when, when Kevin Hayes, Hayes scores, scores a, goal. a goal. That is my favorite stat. I love Kevin Hayes. It's such a random but like a huge number. It's it just shows like when he's on His how involvement much ha- to this team. When he's when he's hot and he's scoring <laughs> and he's getting involved in the offense, 
this team's unbeatable is what it's saying. Like, he's that right. type of player. The money spent on him was absolutely worth it. Absolutely. Like, and the numbers are showing 19-0-1 when he scores. Like, that's like right. they don't. that's not a coincidence at this point. Like, that's like hard, solid proof. That's a right. guy like, like, oh, hey, scored a goal tonight. Like, you would look at the box. From now on, if I look at a box score before the t- final score and it says one goal, Hayes, all right, they won. Don't got to look at anything well, else. Th- one thing that we talked about last week is they changed their style of play. It's no more dump and chase. Um but the big thing to me, like we talked about their depth last week, but not just their depth of the four lines, which you saw Pitlick score last night. Um, all, and then all the the Kevin Hayes goal was off a great assist from um, Grant, great who assist. won the new addition off the skate. Um, but their defensemen, the, they had, the Flyers have 43 goals from their defensemen. Provrov, I believe, leads them with 12. The 43 defensemen goals is the most in the NHL. That is huge. So they're getting about their they're defense getting, is potent. You're gonna yeah. get scored on by someone. They're getting they're getting contributions from their blue liners and they're getting contributions from all four lines. So it doesn't and Couturier's playing great. Voracek's playing great. The captain's gonna be the captain. Kevin Hayes is playing great. Still solid. I love the captain, man. Yeah. He he. We He's back about it more on that outside now, dude. That's where he belongs. You on know what wing, I mean? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. It. He, the last couple of seasons. They they yeah. they got away from that. I feel like now he's back out it's on that wing, better. and he's just I, he he just everyone's vibing, dude. The only bad, the only negative to come from the Cavs game was is that Van Riemsdyk broke his hand. Yeah, he's out four to six weeks, which four weeks from right now leads us to about. Their last regular season game, their last game is April 4th. So he'll be the back sometime during the playoffs, early right. rounds. Right, so if he has a speedy recovery, he'll be back for the first round. If not, he'll come back between the first and second rounds. But that means that Joel Farabee is going to be called back up. And that's that's what I mean about their depth. Now, don't get me wrong. Losing JVR is a huge— I'd rather have JVR. Yeah, yeah. I'm, obviously. But Farabee can come in— and, and plug in, and yeah, it's it, it's you're not going to get that much of a drop off. Uh, you obviously rather have James Van Reems like on the ice, but since he's not, it's not a terrible thing to have Joel Faraby in your pocket to bring him back up because the kid played well when he was up here. It's not a bad substitute at all. No, it's not at all. And like you said, the addition of Derek Grant and Nate Thompson is has proven to be huge so far on the penalty great, kill on the power moves. play. Great move. Grant has been. I like the addition of him more than I did Thompson because Thompson's older. You don't know what you're getting, but he's been very good on the PK. Grant has just—he's been way better offensively than I thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. He had the breakaway goal against the against Lundqvist on Sunday that was absolutely disgusting. He had the skate the skate direction pass to Kevin Hayes to set up the go ahead goal with last uh, last night. Perfect. He's just—he's been—he's been very. He's, been ve- he's, he's a been great glue guy. More, he's like basically. Obviously, he's not what Kevin Hayes is, but I'm trying to compare it to like he's proven to be worth the trade. Like Kevin Hayes was pro- like Kevin Hayes is proven. He's worth he's worth, worth the, the move. Yeah. He was worth the move, and he's like a perfect plug-in. Like he he does every. He, right. it seems it like he does a little bit of every depth. Like Pitlick, Lawton, Albay, Cabell, now Faraby, like all these young kids with Sanheim and Hague and. and 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 Myers on the defensive. The best side. part. The best part is they're so young. Like even if we don't go to the cup, like. This team it's is going to just build to chemistry right. and chemistry and chemistry. Like, there's some solid pieces here for the next, like, five, six years easily. Right. Dude, it's, to, and tonight, you know what tonight's going to show me, too? Like, and I, it doesn't even show me, really, because the team's already shown me enough to tell me that they can make a cup run this year. But tonight's also another tough game because you're coming off a high right now. That is a huge win. Now you have to come back home the very next night. And uh-huh. play a team fighting for a wild card spot. Yeah, it's got like this. This is another big game. If they win, dude. If they push this win streak to eight and beat Carolina tonight, after coming off of a huge, huge road win against the Capitals, and maybe possibly take first place or stay one point out of first place, it's just going to prove to me even more that they're ready to win a cup because this is no, this is no easy walk in the park tonight at home. Even though Carter Hart is again eighteen two and two. Well, they won six, seven goals against average at home. But it's going to be a fun it, watch. It actually starts like, in about probably about 10 minutes. So yeah. if you guys are listening, stay tuned and turn on the Flyers. Yeah. So is it time? Yeah. Time to get a little depressed. 
Whatever. It's our weekly de- our Whatever. weekly depression segment. Whatever. This is like our, this is like a therapy group for Sixers fans. It's not it's not a safe space because I'm a, I, they, I <laughs> get not, me. It's not a safe space. Like people are getting fried in this in in these talks now. Like here's what I'll say. I was bitching about this at work today. Like the same old story. Like everything. Like, I just feel like I've been repeating myself for like the last five weeks. Well, if it makes you feel any better, which is it's not. They are currently they've currently digressed since our last show and they are currently in the sixth seed at 37 and 25 they're tied with indiana but indiana has a tiebreaker at the moment so the, so the sixers fell to the sixth seed after losing two straight on the road to the clippers and the lakers which obviously none of us expected them to win they, they kept it they fought with they no fought. mb to no simmons and then you lose josh richardson early in the clippers game when he started hot so it is depressing we're probably going to get a little upset and mad during this conversation but I only, I only took away positives and little stories from those two games because I, I didn't, you didn't expect them to win. Mm-hmm. But you know what I took away? I took away that they took the fight to both teams. The Brett had them ready to start the games. They took the fight to both. They had double-digit leads early in the first half against both uh-huh. LA teams. Um, they never gave up. Even when the Clippers kind of came back and took over in the first game on Sunday, they never gave up. They only lost by six. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers went up by 20-plus on multiple occasions. And they never and they cut it to eight with three or four minutes left. So they never gave up. They brought the fight to both teams. They battled. And, they battled, man. There's been a couple of guys stood out to me that maybe, just maybe, if you can stay afloat and Joel comes back after the road trip and Josh Richardson comes back from his concussion and then hopefully Ben comes back for the playoffs, two guys who, you know, were really ma- working their ways out of the rotation stepped up and showed me maybe they can be viable bench pieces and bench scorers. Two, if you get your three starters back and Tobias continues to play well, you never know what can happen. Shake Milton with the game of his career on Sunday afternoon against the Clippers. Yeah, looking like an absolute stud. Um put the put the world in put the everyone knows who Shake Milton is right. now. And then Glenn of, I was very impressed with that. That was he was on the biggest stage for that one. Yeah. That was a really good showing by Shake. And then Glenn but Robinson the third can, yeah, on Glenn Tuesday. Great. Woody dropped 25 25, plus. 25. So, but he's... Th- that was big for me because I was very upset with him last week after the comments that he made about not knowing his role. And then Brett kind of came out and said he was given a handbook to sign his role. And I was just like, dude, your role is to make open threes. That's your role. And you haven't done it. He played very well. He showed that he can still score in this league. So hopefully that continues. The shake thing to me is more interesting because we do criticize Brett Brown a lot on the show. And we don't want to because Snap I and I know. were both big Brett supporters. I don't know if I can say that anymore. Yeah, right. About but the whole. Dude, what, but what gets me with the shake Milton aspect is, and the fact that Brett had the stones to come out and even bring the story up because I feel like, yeah, it's kind of a cool like little story, but I feel like it makes him look bad. Yeah, absolutely. By saying, you know, after the All Star break, after they and they acquired Burks and Robinson the third, mm-hmm. he spoke to each player individually about their roles, and he basically told Shake Milton, "Look, you're out of the rotation. Basically, you're out." And he's like, "Just be ready for injuries, whatever. You never know what can happen. Injuries occur." And Shake comes out and does that, and I get it. It's only he's one of them. It's guys, only though. one game, but at the same time. How do you miss that? Like, that doesn't just happen. On the biggest stage, yeah. national television, he's in the starting lineup against Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, um, uh, Pat Beverly, and just going off. No, they didn't have an answer for him. So the, how does that talent just get, like, overlooked? That That's my question because we don't see every day. Obviously, I was never the biggest Shake Milton fan. I said last week. I love Shake. He I've been a Shake fan. He shouldn't play more than Alec Burks because I didn't think he could score like that. Apparently, he can. But that that's not I – mean, I'm not going to I mean, take he's always, for that he's because always, I didn't I, see that. He's always been a scorer. We've seen not that. Not like that, dude. Not like that. That's, that's his clearly ability? the best game of his career as of right now. Right, but that doesn't just happen. Yeah, no, you're I'm, you're not wrong. I mean, he came out, he had 12 and 29. My whole thing is I think he should be in more minutes almost. Like, I, I don't know, Well, man. right now, of course he needs to have more minutes. He needs to. This is, like, honestly, you're showcasing what you got as – what you're you're gonna find out who you're gonna play in the playoffs right now. This is the perfect time to do it. 
Right. If we're actually going to be optimistic and we're going to look to the playoffs, right. this is the perfect if time. Ta- if you we're gotta- taking the mindset, you're, we're going to try to get healthy, we're going to try to secure our bench rotation, and let's see if we can make a run with our stars be- you, being but, back. But I, the, the thing that keeps stumping me is I don't get why the – like, I understand sometimes he comes off as not ready, but, like, Matisse Thibel played 16 minutes against the fucking Clips, and then he plays – he plays – what did he play in the second game? 18 minutes. Yeah, I, I know he's not a he's a score like a score like that, but you just put him in there, get a minute, start like start getting him used maybe to an offense better. Like you this is when you should be showcasing all your young talent. Yep. All your young talent and all the the good guys you brought in. Let them get their feet wet. Throw them into the fire, dude. Especially like in a game tonight. In a game tonight, Matisse Thibault doesn't crack 20 minutes, I'll be mad. Because there's Absolutely. two great Absolutely. perimeter players on this team, and you can put him against them, and he needs to show if he can lock down guys like this. Right. Like, put him against Buddy Heald. See what he can do against Buddy. Buddy's a legitimate three-point threat. Put him against De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox is quick as hell and can get right into the paint. These are two great perimeter guys to try to guard for him for tonight. Let's see what he's got against guard talent. I agree. Here, here's my thing. It's hard to, again, blame Brad over the last two games because of what he's working with. And I did think he actually coached a good game against the Clippers. The Lakers game is a different story. Um, but my thing, and we talked about this kind of before before the show, you, you just brought up Matisse's lack of minutes. And then you also uh, like told me that Mike Scott played, what, 36 minutes? He played 36 minutes last How week. How does here's that the- happen? And I, get, I said this to you before the show. I understand that he has a lack of resources and, and players to go to right now. But... How does Mike Scott go from basically being out of the rotation to playing a team-high 36 minutes? How does play, Kyle O'Quinn yeah. play decent basketball in the previous against the Bucks and against the Clippers? And, and only then in Norvell seven minutes. Pell, yeah, and then Norvell Pell plays over him, and you saw what happened when you threw that young kid into the fire against the he Lakers. He missed open layups. My God, that was the worst. And then he comes down and fouls AD. It was the worst sequence I've ever seen. And you play him, and I'm not like some big Kyle O'Quinn fan, don't get me wrong, there's obviously a cap to his game, but he's a big body, he can rebound, and he he's can a score vet. a little bit. He's a vet. You don't think that would have been helpful? When, Experienced. Dude, he had I know Mike I just Scott. got done. I know I just got done saying we need to get young guys in there, but like, Norman Pell's not who I mean, no. man. You're like, talking about Thibel. That Norman Pell, yeah, I'm talking about Thibel, I'm talking about Shake, I'm talking about those guys, I'm talking about right. Furkan. Furkan gets his minutes, I already know that. But like... Dude, I'm not. I'm not out. even blaming like Brett for these last games. No, I get I'm it. Not, I get I'm it. I'm not, not either. I'm not criticizing him this week. He actually had a good game against the Clips. No one's even expected that. That was on national TV. Those guys played hard. I like right. that. But they always play hard for big games. I feel national like. TV on Tuesday too. Yeah, man. But anyway, like, it's nothing that he's doing. But I, I it just confuses me with the minutes. Like, I'm sitting here looking and like Matisse got eight, 18 minutes against the Lakers. The next low, the next guy lower than him in minutes was Real Neto with. Uh, 10. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he shouldn't be that low on the, on no. the, on the, like, he's almost, no, he's like getting like TJ McConnell fucking minutes, dude. Again, I, I understand. Like I said, I'm not trying to cast blame on him because we, we knew these weren't going to be wins. And I do, they put out a great effort. They got up early. They fought hard till the end. I, I applaud Brett for that. It's just some of his rotation sequences that mind boggle me every single night. You're playing the Los Angeles Lakers with Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James, who are all bigger than the center that you threw out in Mike Scott. You had Mike Scott playing the five with those three on the floor. 36 minutes. How were you expecting to stay competitive and stay in that game? How? You weren't. That's how I have to look at it. You weren't. You don't have no idea. Like... You try to throw out a small ball lineup against that team, who not only are they bigs, they're more athletic than the, your small ball lineup. They're some of the best bigs in the league. Right. So I don't know. And again, we weren't expecting a win, and I guess he's just trying things right now. But that's that's glaringly Dwight obvious. Dwight Howard shooting like Dwight Howard shooting like seventy two percent from five feet within the basket. I know. And he's on the floor at the same time with Mike Scott. Mike Scott's six eight, bro. I don't care how old Dwight Howard Toby. is. He's still Dwight Howard. You 6'9 Toby trying to guard AD, which is never going to happen. Not a shot. And then and then that leaves and then you have LeBron who's 6'8 6'9 out there. Who like what was he thinking? And I'm not saying I'm not again, Kyle Quinn, you're right. He's probably not he probably wasn't like, "Oh, he's the answer," obviously. But it's something. You throw out a big-bodied center against Dwight Howard and you take that aspect away, take away second chance opportunities on the offensive glass. 
I just don't. That's the only part that gets me. It's like, dude, what are you thinking with these rotations? And then again, Neto's got a little bit of game. He he played well in the first quarter, second quarter last game, but he lead, he just he finds a way to lead these guys in too long, and then they just get overmatched. You saw what happened at the end of the first half against the Lakers. Those final two minutes were the most disgusting. Two minutes I've ever seen in not just a Sixers game, in a National Basketball League game. The final two minutes of that Lakers game was terrible. I didn't watch it. Oh, well, you should be good. You didn't, didn't watch, watch because it, it, I it, was, it, off. it I, was. I had work. The, I'm not staying up and watching that game. It was the roughest two minutes I've ever seen me play. Watched like the first half, I think. And, and, then, it, and then it just keeps getting. The negative just keeps getting worse. I don't think they because, win tonight either. Because I keep waiting. I keep waiting for Al Horford to even show me a glimpse, a resemblance of his old self from a year, not even a year ago. And it's just not happening. It's not happening. Dude, he can't play. For some reason, he can't play defense. He can't guard anybody anymore. He's shooting way too many threes at a terrible rate. And he's not even finishing around the rim. And then, like I said to you earlier, if that play at the end of the second half, which you said you didn't see, I don't. Was it Avery Bradley or yeah, KCP? Avery Bradley, Avery Bradley stripped the ball right no, from. No, not him. just stri- took it yeah, like out of his hands. Man. Like he ain't six eleven, and Avery Bradley's six one. Exactly. If that doesn't sum up this season with Al Horford, I don't know what will. And I, um, I just kept waiting for it, and that's the ship has sailed because. Let- Let's, I have no faith that he's going to return to even any kind of form of what he was. Yeah, but, I only need a little bit of it. Yeah, he's he's on the trade block. But let's talk because speaking of the trade block with him, we're playing the team that could possibly be a trade suitor, and it's Philly. Ver, yeah, well, it's Philly versus Sacramento tonight. Right. And do you have him? Because the line right now is at minus five, over unders at two eighteen and a half, and then money line sacks minus two or two ten. Like it, it, everything just screams uh, fucking Sacramento. Like yeah, I'm surprised the the spread is even minus five. Honestly, I look. You think the Sixers kind of get killed tonight? I don't know. It's tough because I thought that they would win one of the r- four road games. Yeah, but circumstance changed. Like yeah, backtracking to what I said a couple weeks ago. Like I told you, they needed a couple of these road right. wins, and they haven't won right. any injuries and everything. I understand. And that's big. And yeah, and now you get to play Golden State after this game. Who's getting Steph back? And Golden State's terrible. They get Steph, Steph could comes come back out tonight. And drop Fifty-five against us, and, and it's terrible because it's his second game back. Sometimes yeah. the first game back isn't great, right. and then the second or third game, like a player finally clicks back right. into the offense. Like the Warriors aren't the same Warriors as before. There's no clay. No. You got Draymond, but he he doesn't even seem like himself anymore. Pascal, he just care. yeah, but he's waiting for the team to get better. But um, it's gonna. Tonight's gonna be interesting. I, I'm really, I'm really interested in tonight. I want to see how this team. Like, like I said, I, I want Matisse to get a lot of minutes tonight. I want to see him against good guard play, and also I want to see how Buddy plays because I think Buddy's a total trade target in a possible Al Horford dump. I would love it. I, if Sacramento wanted Al, you could make the argument that it would be a, a change of scenery. That's what he needs because yeah. I think he actually does too. I like I want I love Al Horford's game. I always have. I just had to hate him because he was on the Celtics before. Yeah. But like, I would like you could make you could you could figure out a trade to get Buddy Hill from them, and I want to see how Buddy plays because that's just a guy on my radar. It's him and Bradley Beal this all season. So, well, one cool question, it's kind of taking you off track of the Sixers here, because we spoke of the Warriors. Am I the only one that misses the Warriors being good? Yeah, they deserve this shit year. <laughs> they deserve to be at the bottom of the West for I signing KD. I don't miss the KD part. I, well, that's not on that. That's on KD. I, I miss the pre KD. I miss the Stephen Clay backcourt. I do. Oh no, that was one of my favorite teams in the right. league. I don't right know. Now. I don't miss the KD team, but he's gone. I'm talking next year Speaking when Stephen Clay come back, dude. They're going to be. They're going to be great. The They'll probably have a top three pick in the draft this right. year, unless if Curry like starts. I can't right. believe Curry. I can't Wiggins? believe Curry's coming back. I would I would have stretched that. Like, there's only a month yeah, of basketball dude, just left. Sit down. Dude. There's only a month of basketball left. Like, one, I don't want him getting hurt. Two, I'm lying to I'm lying to the NBA that he's, he's still <laughs> right. injured. And then three, like, you're you're pick. the worst team in the in the West. You're one of the, the worst teams in the league. You got a shot at the first overall pick. And this draft class is a little nice. It's not crazy, but it's it's pretty good, man. You if you add a first round draft pick plus Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry and next Draymond. season. 
Draymond might get a revitalization. You could get a little stacked team right there, man. Like you, you can have a stacked five. And then when everyone comes back, it's going to be this LeBron effect, right? Because that's what this that they're proven champions right. now. Clay and Steph. Class, so Steve you can you can go after like Danny Green's, Avery Bradley's, get right. cheap veterans coming in because they don't have a team right now right. that can change in a night. Pascal's and you've been, a role player. And they, Marquise Chris is a role player. They've been signing guys under the radar that people haven't noticed yeah. to like two-way contracts, small vi- vi- minimum deals, like guys that are starting to learn the system like they did with all them second-round draft picks when they went to the finals. When they were going to the when they were going to the finals with their bench being all second-round draft picks from previous drafts. Draymond, a second-round draft pick. Uh, they had Zilli. They had great vets, you know, like Barbosa. Yeah. Like this team, this team could easily come back. The Warriors have proved they know how to draft and they know how to win. And Steve Kerr is one of the best coaches in the league. So I think next year, I think next year they're arguably they're going to make the playoffs. Oh well, one hundred percent they're going to. I think they're fighting for the three seed. Um, a mm, little high, a little high in my opinion. Well, you're going to have the Lakers and the Clippers one too. Who's ahead of them? Denver? Rockets. We'll Denver. see. We'll see. Um, but back to the Sixers. So. Together. When, when Ben and Joel, even with Ben and Joel back, and Jay Rich back, do you put Shake in the starting lineup? No, no. I don't know why Matisse doesn't have that job yet. I told, I said that weeks ago. I'm just throwing it out there. Do you go smaller, and you go Ben, Shake, Jay Rich, Toby, Joel, with Al going back to the bench? I agree. I, I said that from the get go when I threw out the question. It's weeks either, ago. in my opinion, it's honestly, it's not even shake. I understand what, do you what mean? he. I, I, it's not shake either. I think it's Furcon. It, that's who's. I think Furcon's who's going to get the job. Me too. Because I think Furcon's what, what even. Want? I. What do I want? I want Furcon or Matisse. I want and Matisse. I, and I, I think we're going to get Furcon just for floor spacing. Yeah. Because Matisse isn't there as a shooter. All Matisse needs to do this offseason is just fucking get him and Ben Simmons need to text each other 100, like a million times all summer. Yo, you want to go shoot threes? Yo, you want to go shoot threes? And they just, those two just need to shoot threes all summer. They will come back and be one of the best. Like, like, could you just imagine the perimeter defense at that point? The perimeter defense with Matisse in the starting lineup. He needs to shoot. That's the only thing. He's not consistent. He just doesn't feel the rhythm of freelance offense. You got to remember, this is a four-year college guy. Yeah. Plays. Plays. Like You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, running plays. And Brett's not a run-play type of guy. He's not a lot really. of freelance. Like, create your own, create your well, own we shots. We saw that last year with Jimmy. If you In Brett's offense, if you don't have the ball in your hand or you're not in this mix right now, you're kind of just there off to the corner. Like, you're just off. You're just waiting for an open three. Right. And that's why Jimmy didn't like it. He bitched about pick and roll and not being involved in pick and roll offense and the offense. Like Dude, what, what I what I would do, like and again in hindsight, we all loved the sight of the starting five. That after we got we brought in Josh and we re-signed Toby and we brought in Al, we all loved it. And I thought they were going to be better because of defense. Jimmy back right now. Dude, what I would do to have, have Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler back, it's it's sickening. Like, yeah. Ugh. I'm not, I don't want to think about it. I was talking about that today. Jimmy Jimmy, Jimmy here would have been a lot better. We should have honestly fired Brett Brown and kept Jimmy. I still think it's Brett Brown that's what really drove him off. Yeah, I don't think he liked Brett at all. He, well, he loved Joel. Jimmy, loved Jimmy Joel. has played with pure point guards. Right. He played with Rondo for a whole season. They right. were a decent team. He played with D- Derrick Rose. He played with Derrick Rose. He played with Dwayne Wade. He's, playing with, he's played with primary ball handlers. Right. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't new to Jimmy's game. I get he wants to be number one, but Jimmy also wants to win. Right. Like, he's winning right now. This is the per- Jimmy's in the perfect situation. I'm, I'm happy for him, honestly. It's still fuck him for leaving, but, like, right. but like you, you know what I mean? I'm happy for the guy. I'm just happy from a distance. Like, still fuck you for leaving, but right. I'm going to enjoy my fucking cold weather up here, you <laughs> bastard. While he's listening to country music on a boat in Miami. Bastard. All right. Uh, let's switch gears here, Snap. It's a little talk birds talk. Yeah, let's talk because it. the draft is right around the corner. Free agency hits in a couple of weeks, and it is going to be a huge, busy offseason for the Philadelphia Eagles, which I cannot wait for. And Howie has said it on multiple occasions. They are not rebuilding. They are retooling. So what their plan is to basically retool and get younger and get guys that kind of stick around for their contracts for four, five, six years at a time, three years at a time, all while staying competitive and making playoff runs. This is like the first year you're doing it. You made the playoffs the last three years. Yes. 
Can you make the playoffs while making big moves? You already got rid of Brad. I believe. I, well, they got to prove it because last year, they, they, the last two years, we didn't think they were going to make the playoffs at, at two points in the season. Right, but my point is, if he, if if you retool your offense and mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you, then Carson with that with that wide receiving core last year, just yes. I mean, so uh, we both have we have different outlooks, and we kind of talked about it pre-show. So I'm excited to discuss our plans here. I have one off-season plan. You have a different outlook. I don't. I can't disagree with your outlook. It's what the guy you want to bring in would be amazing. But mm-hmm. my plan, because I'm not so sure that's going to happen, my plan is draft wide receiver with the, in the first round. So okay. whether who's, who's, your, who's your who's your dream? Give me your dream three. My dream. Yeah, give me your three your three picks. If you're going to talk picks, I want to hear like your three picks. If you're there at 21 or what you do, like the three wide receivers. Yeah, like what wide receivers are you looking at? Rugs, Ceedee Lamb. Justin Jefferson. Those are the three. Yeah, those are those are basically the three the names floating around too. Okay. I mean, obviously, there's Judy and there's T. Higgins from Clemson. And there's, there's a kid from Colorado. Right. I do like I, him. I, I do, know. Dude, I know. But yeah. I want SEC. I, I want do too. Bigger, I do faster, too. Faster, stronger. I, I, I want a guy from, I want a guy that's that's played on the big stage right. like Oklahoma, that. Alabama, Clemson, LSU. I want those guys. That's, I'm done with. I'm done with the USC with the Pac-12 with the Pac-12 all that is stuff. fucking awful. And I'm done with it. So my so the first step. Draft a wide receiver with that first pick, whether it be whether you go up and get rugs or you wait and stay pat and get Jefferson at twenty first. Second, sign Robbie Anderson as a free agent. So now my wide receiver core becomes your first round draft pick, Deshaun Jackson coming back from injury, Robbie Anderson, Greg Ward because he did he does deserve a spot on this team. He's just not as number one option. And then whoever else you got, probably another draft pick, or you still have Jay Jall. Not a fan of him, but maybe they work something out with him. Staying on the offensive side of the ball. I was a huge Jordan Howard fan. I still am. But what Miles Sanders showed me, especially in the second half of last season, is yes, and you know Doug and the Eagles and Deuce love to go running back by committee, but I think Miles Sanders needs the ball in his hands a lot. So he's my number one. Boston Scott proved that he could play in this league with his speed and his uh, ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's my number two. And I know... You know, he's been hurt for a while, but Corey Clement, he's still so young. He played a big role in the Super Bowl. I'm not yet giving up on him. So Sanders, Scott, and Clement are my three running backs. That's my wide receiving core. You let you let Jason Peters hit the free agent market like they did today. And Dillard comes up. The kid's ready to play. Uh-huh. Now switching to the defensive side of the ball. One, you give Malcolm Jenkins his money. Yeah. Because he's talking yeah, to all that to. team. I believe McLeod's leaving, so you either need to go find a safety or you need to draft one in the second or third rounds and hope that he can stick. Linebacker, you get a cheap linebacker in the free agent market and draft another in the middle rounds. And then we get to this, we get to the corners where I want free agent corners. I know they're going to draft one or two and uh-huh. hopefully he can play, but I would so for, for my corners, you still have Maddox. I would re-sign Jalen Mills. Not okay. that I'm a bit, I'm not, a I, big, I'm not the fits, biggest fan, he but he does. He fits in the bend, don't break. And I go out, and there's a lot of chatter about it. I go out, and I either get Byron Jones, depending on the price. I can't literally sit here and say, oh, I would get Byron Jones, 18 million, 60, 18 a year, 60 guaranteed. It's a lot of dough for Byron Jones, but he is locked down. I would go get him, or trade for Darius Slay, or go get Chris Harris Jr. Go to get a get a proven young cornerback in this league. That can stick around for a couple of years and play in the system with Jalen Mills and Avante Maddox and Malcolm Jenkins back there, and then draft wide receivers because the wide receivers in this draft can help you this year. Corners take a little bit of time. You're seeing that, and even off the injury, we thought he'd be uh-huh. better. Sidney Jones, they corner wide receivers can play now. Corners take a little bit of time to develop. I'm not unless you get the kid from Ohio State. What is it, uh, Jeff Okuda or whatever? Yeah, Jeff Okuda. You're not getting him. He's going top four or five. So outside of that. No, you go out, you spend your number one draft pick on one of the top five wide receivers in the draft because he's going to be a playmaker day one. Uh-huh. You go out, you sign Byron Jones or trade for Darius Slay, and you sign a couple other uh, veteran guys. And that's what you do. You get younger, yeah. you get faster, definitely, and you get more talented. You, you'd definitely, definitely something you got to look the, at. Basically, real quick, not to cut you off, before you share your plan, and what your plan is going to hint at one of my things. One... You build around Carson once. You give him all the tools that you can. That, uh, addition to Ertz, Goddard, Jackson, and and my, and Sanders and Scott. You add to that, especially with wide receivers. 
and then you and then you strengthen your secondary because those are the two glaringly obvious in yeah, uh, those are my issues two, with yeah, this I'm team. signing everything else to fix, but right. Yeah, so my my plan is it. Your plan is kind of similar to what I think the general game plan is for almost right. every Eagles fan, and I think every Eagles fan thinks it like it's Robbie Anderson as right. an option to sign. You go wide receiver first round, hopefully Rugs. That's what that's like the guy right. everyone wants because he's the big name Alabama. I really like Justin Jefferson. I, I, yeah, so do I, I, and I also like CD Lamb. But and then signing Malcolm. Right. And my plan is I want a safety in the draft. I know cornerback's one of our biggest issues in bringing in one's big, but like you said, I think you can go free agency as long as you get Jalen Mill back in here and you have Maddox. But like a guy I'm looking at in the first round is clearly Ruggs. And then in the second round, I'm looking at the guy from Minnesota, Antonio uh, Winfield Jr. Okay. Great safety. I think he'd be a perfect fit. He's like projected around where the Eagles are in the second round. I think the Eagles have the 53rd pick. You also have 10 picks to where... If he's if a couple he, picks ahead of you well, in the second if he, round, if he's a couple picks, there's also a lot of good cornerbacks that are going to go in the second round, like Damian Arnett. You got um guys like like uh, Darnay Darnay Holmes, I believe you say okay. his first name, ULC product. You got the guy from Mississippi State, uh, Cameron Dan Danzler. I'm so bad at pronouncing yeah. it, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of cornerbacks in there. But I just personally think, for me, unless if there's like a standout corner that really slipped kind of late into the second round. That I really had my eye on and I'm in love with. I, you gotta safety. go safety in the second round because if McLeod walks and you're gonna keep Malcolm, which you should do, you need to give him the money. It's an interesting aspect though, dude, because right now it doesn't seem like they want to give him the money. I, it, it's it, weird. It's really making me uncomfortable. Like it's weird. they can't. They gotta stop playing because Malcolm doesn't play that shit. He will leave. Yeah. He well, will. Fu- he, he told. You just- he basically said last year, "Look, I'm I'm going to play this year for my teammates and for the city." But this is it. This is the last year that I'm going to do this for Without you. an extension. Like, yeah. And he deserves it, man. But like like I said, if you can get a great safety second round and pair him with a guy like Malcolm, learn from Malcolm, uh, arguably one of the best safeties in the league, if not one right. of the most underrated safeties in the league. Absolutely. can put him there. That's the plan. But I told you this earlier. Yep. My idea for getting – I want to get rid of Alshon, mainly for He's Cat. He and he, 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 he just needs to change the place. I believe so too. So a lot of people are talking about shipping, shipping, shipping him with possibly a good player, maybe a draft pick. My whole idea with Alshon is you try, you go, you go up to Cleveland, and yes, you, you try, him, you try to go get Odell. I like Robbie Anderson, I really do, but I feel like you have Ward. If you can somehow manage to keep your first round pick this year in an Odell deal, you get a wide receiver like Ruggs. Then you bring in like you, you don't even have to bring in a guy like Robbie Anderson. Or you might no, even not you might not even have to you might not even have to fucking draft a wide receiver in the first round if you get Odell and I think you can get Odell for like Alshon and maybe a guy like Damian Lillard you might have to give us you might have to give us some talent you're gonna have to give us some talent but you got to try to ship Alshon's contract in a possible deal like that because Odell's a lot of money he's still yeah. on that New York yeah. deal it's huge I think it was like seventy million when he signed mm-hmm. so like you're gonna bring on Odell so you need to give them talent. But it's also like a cap dump for both teams. And right. I think they and both. And a change of scenery. Yeah, they can be like, all right, we can bring in Alshon. Now Landry's our number one. Let's try that out. You know, maybe just change up the scenery. Because right. Odell clearly wants out. So does Landry. Let but me I ask feel you something. like. If they said. If they said swap Alshon and Odell and I want the 21st pick, are you doing it? No. This, this draft just has too much wide receiver and yeah. cornerback talent. I can't. Second round pick and maybe a third, yeah. But like the first round this year, just nah. There's way too much wide receiver to, between the guys from LSU and Alabama, guys from Clemson. You know, how it, like there's, yeah. there's just too much. There's too much great talent. And possibly if you're in the first round and you can trade up to a guy like like even trade like say a guy starts slipping like a rugs, he's sitting there at 17. You you're in love with him. You can, or CD Lamb, he's you at 17. C.D. Lamb, to me, is the most complete. He's the most complete wide yes. receiver. Henry Ruggs has the explosive Tyreek Hill feel to him. And then Justin Jefferson has a prime Alshon Jeffrey feel to him, where he's big, he runs a good 40, he's, he's going to be quicker than Alshon, and he just goes up, adjusts his body mid-throw, and he makes what would be not-so-great passes look like phenomenal passes because he catches everything and adjusts everything in the air. So I'm, I'm a huge Justin Jefferson fan. Um... 
but it's hard. Like if they trade up for Henry Rogers, if you're gonna go one, Justin, what am I gonna say? If you're gonna go the kid, da- if you're going Justin Jefferson, I think unless if they unless if an early run for wide receiver happens in the first round, which I don't think they can because of how much great talent there is up there. Right. Unless if they make a run for wide receivers early, I feel like Justin Jefferson's gonna slip to the late twenties, early thirties. Like he's gonna be bottom end of the first round. So I feel like if you go for Justin, if that's your guy, Justin Jefferson, right. you gotta trade back. You gotta take a risk and trade back. Because honestly, you can get a lot of worth for that. But you gotta remember, there like I know wide receivers the glaring issue in the first round, but at the same time, man, like I don't know. You got the the safety from LSU there. Who I, I know safety I isn't like, I know safety isn't a glaring, glaring issue like that. But if a guy like that just somehow slips to 21, I don't see P- or at least trade bait. Try to trade him. Yeah. If C.J. Henderson's sitting there from, from Florida, I I don't know if I'd pass on him. Like, But I, right now, I'm looking at a bunch of mock drafts, and a C.D. Lamb has us a lot, a lot of people, and Justin Jefferson. For us? Yeah. I love that. C.D. Lamb, like I said, C.D. Lamb is probably the most complete CD Lamb, For Walter Payton football right now, they have, they have C.D. Lamb going 21st. Hell yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I don't even know. Where, I think Ruggs cracked the early 17 because he's not like, you know how they break it down into yeah. 17 and 32. Yeah. I'm about to find out where he's at, honestly. All right. There's one more hole that this team has that no one's really talking about. Um, well, I mean, ESPN is because it was just a stupid, stupid idea for them to bring up Nick Foles and the Eagles again. But um, I don't even. <sighs> Sal Powell brought this up the other day, and it's very interesting because we do need a backup quarterback. We do. Yeah. He brought up the idea. No, that's so dumb. No, 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 no not, not Nick. Not Nick. Okay. No, okay, I, yeah. I want no part. Dude, I believe thought we were going to really talk no, about that. Believe I believe me. I'm the last mind. person. I'm the last person that's going to say my that. Mind. Last person that you're going to hear God, that from. Okay. Thank God. He brought up Joe Flacco. That's oh, actually, I'd be. That's actually. I great. like it. That's a great signing. He's from that's the Nick area. Foles. He that's went Nick to, Foles. He went to Delaware. That's literally a, a Nick Foles replacement. Right. A perfect Nick Foles replacement. He's, he went to Delaware. He's from Audubon, New Jersey. His family still lives in the area. His wife's family family is from and still lives in the area. And he's done it. It looks like his time's done in Denver because Drew Locke's out there. So Sal Powell said, why not bring him home? That's perfect for him. He's won a Super Bowl. That's perfect for him. I would absolutely look. I would Joe love Flacco to. Actually, here. that's actually a great yeah. idea. Yeah, um, tr- um, trust oh my me. God, I, I, they has to have now. <laughs> I might just start tweeting them every day. Like, yo, you want to come home? Sign yeah. us the backup for the yeah. Eagles, dude. Tr- You're trust, gonna get minutes. Trust me, the fact that you thought that was gonna come out of my mouth, I was my head would my head would explode if I even heard that in Philly. Could in you imagine that? Radio. You know what I was thinking? It's just to go completely off topic because we're like, I hate when I get older because these players sign with right. random spots. Like, I, you could have never told me like seven years ago that Joe Flacco was like going to be an Eagle. Backup or yeah, could no. be an eagle backup. The other thing is earlier I was like naming like I was doing this thing at work earlier where I was naming players. Like I had to name five players from each team because I told someone I could. Right. I couldn't. I failed. And really? I fa- yeah, I failed with Detroit. And that's what I was gonna get to. I failed with Detroit. And I just remember saying, Oh, Luke Kennard. Derek Rose, Blake Griffin, oh, and I oh, stopped. Oh, basketball. I, thought yeah, I know, I know this is so off topic. I, that's easy. Yeah, I was gonna say that's easy, but like I like completely like right. just to go for you, and I remember saying saying Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin on the same team in yeah. Detroit. It just made me stop. I'm like, could you imagine that? Ago, could yeah. you imagine if that happened like in their primes? Oh right. my god, that would have been crazy. Right, it's crazy how things work. I don't know. I just right. random as hell to go off topic. Back to football. I don't know, dude. See, like this mock draft has Henry Ruggs. I just want to talk draft now. Henry Ruggs going like 15, like. <sighs> I, and the Broncos are at 15, so it would be hard to pry a guy like that from them. But I would jump. I would try to jump up for that. If you really 100%, love Ruggs. 100%. If you really love Ruggs. I think I believe that they're going to have to go up. And if they want Ruggs, they have to go up and get him. But they also, at 14, they have, they have, Xavier, they have Xavier, Xavier McKinney from Alabama, the safety. I would trade up for him. Maybe not that far. <sighs> if he slipped to like 17... 16. Yeah, if he slipped, I guess. But I, I dude, to me, you just, I think you have to go wide receiver. I think it's CD Lamb. I think you're going to see CD Lamb. I in. love if we have CD Lamb. I love if we have any one of them. If I it's going to be one them, of those three. If I had to rank them, it's Ruggs, CD Lamb, Justin. For right. Me. And then I would probably say Judy Higgins. Four, Judy five. Higgins is there too. It's four or five. 
Yeah. I don't know, dude. Yeah. It's tough. And all you keep hearing about is how they, they want to basically kind of go with what Kansas City did. And it's speed. Speed, speed, speed. If you think if about you, it, Carson, Carson Wentz is the closest thing you have to, to, Patrick, to Patrick Mahomes, right? You have speed in Miles Sanders. You have speed in Boston Scott. You, you have speed steal in Deshaun their... Jackson. If you draft Ruggs or one of those guys who have speed. And then you bring and you in a, Robbie Anderson or, or someone. Or you trade for an Odell. Right. Odell can right. dust anyone. Or the, kid from, or the kid from Kansas City that's going to be a free agent that has that the Eagles have been connected to is speed. I think that's what they want, speed Honestly, all around Carson what Doug Wentz. Peterson did was just improve on like the Andy Reid scheme. Now you right. like all football is is like taking from one another. Exactly, that's you, all it is. It, it, like you said, you're absolutely right. Carson's the closest thing to Patrick Mahomes. He's like a B class right. Patrick. Mahomes. And I know a lot of people listening. I know there's going to be disagreements because there's there's Nick Foles people out there. Yeah, the but Carson like, haters, come on, but dude. He is. Like Nick Foles isn't here anymore. Stop. Yeah. Shut the hell up. Like I get I it. He won the Super Bowl. Like for real. Like okay. Like I know it's like big dick Nick, but stop it. Yeah. Like get it out of your mouth. Like, <laughs> like dude. Like come on. Like. You got to get behind Wentz. Wentz proved himself. He right. literally took us to the playoffs with no, Moore Jr., Boston no, Scott. With me and you playing wide receiver. Yes. That's what he did. And he, he and he's like, I just don't get how people are still down in the kid. Who is the kid he threw oh, he the can't stay. Deontay Burnett. Oh, yeah. Hey, hold on. That's another thing that people piss me off with. He did can't you see stay that healthy. thing on ESPN? Yeah. Sign, um, sign what's his face? The dude from this one, this one reporter or uh, this one guy on one of the ESPN shows, it's got me so mad. He suggested that we sign Taysom Hill. Oh yeah, yeah. as lo- for yes. load management for yeah. Carson Wentz. Well, what? 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 So, the, what the fuck is so, that? Hold on, let me go through this. Ready? So he's played four seasons, correct? Last year he played all sixteen games. His rookie year he played all sixteen games. Sophomore year. He got hurt in, was it week 12 or 13 in L.A.? So he played about 12 to 12 and a half games that year, running away with the MVP. He got hurt. He tore his ACL, people. It happens, okay? He comes back too early the following year and takes a beating and breaks vertebrae in his back. It happens. And he plays on so, it and yes, plays good. Right. So he missed time. I get it. He missed a lot of time Dude, his third his year because he came back too early. Seasons. His last three seasons in the red zone, he has oh, 60 yeah. TDs to one interception. Yeah. 60 touchdowns to one interception in three years. That's 20 TDs a year with a third listen, of a pick. Listen, when it gets close to football season, if you're not a Carson Wentz guy, I would not, I would not advise listening to our Eagle segments because you're just going to get an earful from me, me and Snap. But Snap, we only have about 10 minutes left, not even. So I do want to switch gears and get a little four for four day in. Get a little Phillies. Yeah, in. all over the place today. I like that. A little four for four action today for you four for four fans. So the Phillies opening day is, I believe, one month from today, and or or maybe less. I don't know, but Bryce Harper has three home runs in the last two days. JT Real Muto led off today, which Joe Girardi kind of said he's flirting with the idea of leading like off JT I until like McCutcheon comes back. I like that. He I led like off the JT game. up there. He led off the game with a home run. Reese got his first home run of spring training today. With Roman the new Quinn, with Roman the new Quinn hit a home run today. If he can stay healthy, there's a lot of... There, put it this way. Potential. A lot of people are down on this team. And for they have reason. I just cannot get behind the fact that people have them as the four seat, as the fourth place team in the NL East. People actually had the Mets over them. Listen, that's just doubt. Well, that's just yeah. doubt. Being scared, me, being scared because after last season we were promised like almost like a World Series run, right. almost like everyone was like high off adrenaline off signing right. Bryce Harper. So I feel like there was a high behind that. And now, now we're in this situation where it's like people are scared to root for this right. team. But Listen, the thing with me is I'm not scared of this team at all. The thing I like most about this team is like you went out and you did what needed to be done, and that's right. You get, a, get you a new manager. Added, you, you, you got you, you got the guy. Added, you could have added a little bit more. I and they had the money too, and I think that's what people are really mad. Save at. They're mad at Save the owner. It. Here's what I'll say. What are you so pessimistic about before? Before McCutcheon went down in June last year, they were in first place. They were rolling before McCutcheon went down. So let's see. Let's go, let's just go position by position before we get into the rotation and the bullpen. Position by by position, you have J T Real Muto. 
the best catcher in baseball coming By back. By far. You have Reese Hoskins at first base, who cannot possibly be worse than he was in the second half of the season last yeah. year. So I that's ho- only I, I, going to be hopefully, better. Hopefully. You go, Gene Segura is laying off the whiskey and got his body back in shape because when Gene Segura is playing well, Gene Segura rakes in the batter's box, okay? Yes, he does. Scott Kingry's bulked up and had a great season last year. He's only going to improve because he's so young. You went out and brought in an, all- an all-star caliber player in D.D. Gregorius. Bryce Harper going to the outfield is in year two. He raked in the second half of last year. He's going to be more comfortable. He looks, he looks great, great in already. Spring training. You're going to get Andrew McCutcheon back. And I'm not saying the same thing with Deshaun Jackson. They may not be the same players, but you also can't sit here and say they're not going to be close to what they were or better it's than McCutcheon. they were. It's McCutcheon. And then the, your only hole in that lineup, that, think about that lineup for a second, what I just named. Your, your center fielder, which is probably going to be your eight-hole hitter when McCutcheon comes back, is either Adam Hazley or Roman Quinn. That is not that is a great problem to have. That lineup of Real Muto, Hoskins, Harper, Gregorius, Segura, Kingry, McCutcheon, that is disgusting. And you have a one two punch of Aaron Nola, who can't be worse. He had an off year last year coming off of uh off of a Cy Young uh race the year before. So he's gonna be more improved, hopefully. You brought in Zach Wheeler as his one two punch. And then yes, I think that's where people are. Bullpain could have they could have made Bullpen's getting healthy, though. They were hurt yeah, all last year. Yeah, and right. like you said, the biggest difference, look what the Flyers did with Elaine Vigneault. You brought in Joe Girardi. I think people are undermining that so Joe Girardi big. being in is the absolute biggest reason why you should not doubt this Phillies right. team whatsoever. This is a legitimate manager. Ba- I understand Everyone's, the back end of the yeah. pitching rotation and may, and some areas in the bullpen. The back end of the rotation, I understand why people are frustrated because I am too, and we're sick and tired of, oh, it's Pavetta's year. It's Vinny V's year. Eflin's going to take that step. Maybe Arietta can get back to his Cy Young form, and it's probably not going to happen. But with this lineup and the one-two punch of Nolan and Wheeler and your bullpen healthy and one of the best managers coming here in the game to change the culture, just let's see. And then if they're in the run, like I believe they will be come trade deadline, maybe they make a move for for a piece. Maybe you don't. No, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So p- people are so. But they, like, like again, my like you made some decent moves. They, I feel like they're quiet moves. They are. They're they very are. quiet, but they, that's sometimes are the deadliest. Right. But Kevin again, Hayes was a quiet move. Back, to, well, not for the deal. Not the money, but yeah, yeah, that, Zach that, Wheeler that, got a lot of money from us. Yeah. We, 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 I'm not just talking about Wheeler. Like I'm saying, I'm saying like about Quinn, like some yeah. quiet pieces that you made that could really be effective in this run. But like you said, just backtracking on what we said, dude. The fact that uh, Joe's here is just the biggest difference. Like we're finally away from the full analytic thing. Yeah. Like, let's get back to traditional baseball. This guy's proven. He like you, this is the perfect guy to bring in for this he's a core. Champion. I, he's a, yeah, he's a champion, man. Like guys want to listen to this man. Guys want to get behind this man. I know there was some talks that Bryce came here because of uh, I can't even remember the dude's Gabe name. Kapler. Yeah, I can't even remember his name at this point. Yeah. It's like completely vanished from my mind. He came here. Some of the reason he came here was Dave Kapler. But like, okay, you brought in Joe now, right? Champion right, and for everyone that said Gabe Kapler was ripped. Joey G's pretty chisel yeah. for an older man. Let me just throw that out there. Yeah. But <laughs> I hope they can make some moves, I have, I'm optimistic. I, I'm not overly optimistic. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're going to make some crazy run. I'm, I'm really not. I just don't like the people that are so down. They just hate everything that this team does. And I get it. You wanted the, you wanted the owner to just go out and spend more money. He didn't. I understand. You wanted Chris Bryant, as did myself. But maybe they wait. They could still get they could still get Chris Bryant like right. at the trade deadline. Or trade deadline. When he hits free agency in a year, or is it a year or two? Whenever it, I think it's a year. Like maybe he just doesn't want to give up Boehm um or one of those guys to go get him. And why is that such a bad thing? It's not and that's honestly I was yelling I was yelling, I was arguing with people today on about the Sixers and um how I felt like they rushed last season almost. Right. This is the proper approach. Take your time with it. Right, because, dude, there's no more holes in the— Once McCutcheon comes back, there's no holes in the lineup. There's not a single hole in that lineup. You have a strong one-two punch at the top of your rotation. The only thing— Chris Bryant is a free agent after this year. Yes. So the only thing you can be upset about is the back end of the rotation. And I agree with you. I'm just saying let's not just throw the season in the garbage because they didn't fix their three through five rotation necessarily yet. But snap, I think we're out of time, brother. Real crazy there. Yeah. I mean, right, you have right. more to talk about. Y'all can keep going. It's up to you. 
I, I'm good, man. I think we kind of wrapped that up. Do you, you just kind of stopped this? I'm only like, <laughs> do you want right. to get into a little bracketology or no? Nah, let's save that for next. Save week. that, yeah. Right. We'll right save that. The week selection Sunday up coming up. It's coming. All right, guys. Yeah, just be prepared for some bracketology, everyone. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Faithful Fans. Um, follow our Instagram now too. Yes, Snap, what, follow, is that at Faithful Fans? I believe fans it also? is. It is Faithful Fanatic. Faithful Fanatic, okay. Follow us on IG where we'll post live updates about yep. our live questions, and polls. For those of you listening live on the Squawker app, 6.30 to 7.30. I know we were a little late today, but 6.30 to 7.30 every Thursday night. Um, and if you're not listening on Squawker, you're listening download. to us on Apple or on your major podcast platform. App. So look us up on there. Same name, the Faithful Fanatic Podcast. Real easy to remember. And we're flyered up, baby. Have flyered a good night, up. guys.